Welcome to Why Am I Losing It? presented by Bosley MD. In today's podcast, J.B. Shelton continues her series on women's hair loss. In today's podcast, J.B. talks with Stephanie Ellis. Stephanie is a stylist who owns her own styling shop and a wig boutique named The Wiggery. Today, J.B. and Stephanie talk about hair loss due to COVID-19, chemotherapy, PCOS, and other factors that can cause hair loss. Stephanie is a cancer survivor and also has PCOS. JB and Stephanie discuss how these can cause hair loss and how a wig can be a welcome alternative. Bosley MD is proud to sponsor this podcast in the hopes that it will not only be of great value to salon owners, hairdressers and barbers, but also to the men and women who struggle with hair loss. And now, here are JB Shelton, and her guest, Stephanie Ellis, as they continue their series on women's hair loss. Greetings, listeners. I'm JB Shelton with the Why Am I Losing It podcast, sponsored by Bosley MD, the leader in hair loss solutions. I'm so excited because we've been doing this series on hair loss specifically regard to women, women in hair loss loss. And you know, there's so many reasons why women are losing their hair today. And I generally like to refer to it as a perfect storm between stress and hormonal fluctuations, diet, nutrition, illness, and then just continues genetics. It just goes on from there. So this is our third session in our series on women and hair loss. And our third session, we're going to be talking to my friend, Stephanie Ellis. Stephanie Ellis is a 32-year veteran hairstylist. She also operates our local wig boutique here in our community called The Wiggery. And if you ever have a chance to go there, if you're in Anderson or around this area, you need to stop by if you're in need of a wig because they do a great job. I've been there myself with some of my guests in the past as they have gone through chemo and needed some assistance. And Stephanie has always been great there. But not only has Stephanie helped others, but she has experienced hair loss herself, personal hair loss journey due to her health complications. So I want to welcome Stephanie. Thank you so much for joining me this early Saturday morning and discussing some not so fun topics. So welcome. Thank you. It's great to be here. Well, Stephanie, first off, I would like to just personally thank you as a stylist in a beauty industry professional. Thank you for your years of service and your paving the way for the next generation. I think it's rarely regarded how often the professionals before us, what they were able to accomplish and how they helped move our beauty industry forward in the world. So thank you for that. Let's talk about a little bit about what is going on when you have your consumer come in the wiggery? You know, what, what types of stories are they sharing with you now, Stephanie? Normally, it's been elderly ladies that have experienced hair loss due to menopause. And just as we age, we lose a lot of hair. And then when I first started at the wiggery about four years ago, it was about 50% cancer patients. And obviously the hair is lost then. And so we still do a lot of cancer patients. But as of recently, we are seeing a huge influx in customers coming in that have COVID-related hair loss. And it's pretty significant. 
Wow. And I think that's another thing where we didn't even think about that as being a symptom. And obviously it's not the main symptom, right? But as you're in recovery mode on the other side of COVID, what is the hair doing, Stephanie? What are you seeing as a professional? What are you observing on their hair? Usually by the time that they come to the wiggery, the hair is very see-through. It's very patchy and it just continues to the gross terminology of it being like a mange Mm. kind of situation. And it's very traumatic because we didn't know that was a side effect of the COVID until I guess it was probably about March and April of this year that we really started to see it kind of peak. Wow. And you know, when they were discussing things in regard to this post-COVID hair symptom you're discussing, I think this is something that our general public needs to know, especially those that have had COVID. How did it start? Did it start off, you know, just by shedding or did it all come out in clumps? What are they telling you about that? Some of my personal customers at the salon, I noticed a significant difference in one of my gal's hair in four weeks. It wasn't patchy, but she shed so much just when I would color her hair or wash her hair. There was just a significant amount. And it lasted for, I would say, about four months four months of a process of it. And then it kind of plateaus out. And if you're blessed with a huge head full of hair, which she was, you couldn't really tell the hair loss. I could because I've done her hair for 20 years. But some of the ladies coming into the wiggery who maybe have fine, thin hair already, their hair was gone in a matter of two months. Wow. And without, you know, any kind of scientific data and you and I being professionals, immediately, I think this is a virus. So of course it affected the immune system, but I would think that the amount of stress that goes on the body and mind and spirit, when you know you have COVID and you've heard all these horrifying stories for the last 18 months to two years. And I'm wondering if just that level of stress on top of the body going through the virus, if that stress didn't exacerbate some of that hair loss um, from their symptoms of COVID. Well, you and I know that stress is it's just a real bandit on the body, especially Absolutely. in hair loss. And what you're saying, the shedding, that's what you notice first, isn't it? When you're going through that stress. And to your point, you just mentioned that she went through four weeks of shedding. It was about four months of time before it started to come back even. Is that what you were saying? Her shedding process lasted about four months before I started to see it kind of thicken back up a little bit and regrow the process. Okay. And it was four weeks after she had contracted COVID, you started noticing this. Yes. And that's pretty swift. And talking about the shedding. So what stress does to the body when it starts shedding so rapidly like that is the body is made to sustain life as we know. And so when you're under a lot of stress physically, whether it's your health, mental or emotional, your body sees that as kind of like an attack. And then it goes into fight or flight mode. So the body doesn't know the difference when it feels stress. It doesn't know if it's a bear chasing you or if it's COVID chasing you. And it goes into this fight or flight mode. And when you get that fight or flight mode, the hair cycles just rush into the shedding phase in order to reserve energy for life. And that's basically what's going on. But what we don't realize is how long it lasts after the stressful situation. And to your point, it was four months. I've had guests 
or their the symptoms on their hair, the stress symptoms on their hair growth and hair loss lasted up to a year and a half where they were still going through those shedding cycles. I think that plays a different role in uh, genetics at that point. How you respond to stress, right? Yeah. So tell me a little Mm -hmm. bit about what kind of options do you have when they come into the wiggery? I know even one of my friends who is a, a hairstylist, and this is kind of her jam. This is what she does. She specializes in wigs and extensions. And she has kind of told me, she said, we call them units now. And is that what you've been doing as well on your end in your boutique? Units for our boutique, it's very warm and fuzzy. It's a very Mm -hmm. um, comfortable place in there. And units sound very cold. So getting a wig or having hair loss, it's pretty traumatic on people. And so we'll call them a wig or I like to refer to the ones that I wear as party hair. Oh, I love that party hair. Because like you said, there's a little shame in there. Wouldn't you say, Stephanie, for a woman? There is. There's a huge stigma and it's awful because the wigs if from 1960, they look like a crash helmet. They all look like a wig. And so there's such a huge stigma and shame, as you say, about wearing the wigs in most people's thought process because most people don't have to have a wig ever. And so they don't understand. They come in and they're just devastated because they have to wear, quote, a wig. But when they come in, I wear a different one every day just to show people that they look real. People can't tell their wigs. They've changed so much that I probably own about 40 of them. And I just call them party hair number one, party hair number six, party hair number 12. And that makes them feel better once they see that I'm wearing a wig, then they're a little more comfortable. Then we can kind of delve into what kind of piece that they need. I would think that would be your first step, Stephanie, during your consultation is just reassuring your client. Listen, there's no reason to feel ashamed. There's no reason to feel bad. There's no reason to feel like you're exiled from the world. And that is kind of what it feels like, I think. Men don't understand because it's okay for a man to lose his hair, right? He shaves it bald anyway, and then all of a sudden he's this hot new guy, right? Yeah, But then a female does it, and it's just like you feel like you're a pariah, that you're kind of ostracized from society because no real woman doesn't have hair. But we've been raised like that. And so I would think that would be a big part of what you do, Stephanie, is reassuring them, giving them that compassion at that time that it's so needed. And that's a huge piece of what Kim and I do at the Wiggery. It's just, we had a gal come in yesterday going through chemo and she stopped in the day before and she walked in the door in tears. Yeah. And I've been there, done that. So it's part of it's just reassuring that, hey, this is super common. We wouldn't have been in business for 51 years if hair loss hadn't been a huge common thing. And I know you've done this too, Stephanie, as a stylist. When one of your guests comes to you and lets you know they've been they've received a cancer diagnosis, in fact, they're going to have to start chemo soon. And we all know what's coming down the pike. Yes. And so that moment when your guest who you've adorned for years says, would you mind shaving my head for me? It's devastating for them because they do grieve the loss of their hair. But 
I thought it would be a hard thing for me to do as a stylist. And I feel like it's the one thing I can do for my client who's been there for 20 years with me to help them through this journey. It's kind of like when they pass away and we go to the funeral home. That's the one final thing we can do for their friendship and their patronage. It's a way of honoring them and respecting them. And it's really that magic. You and I both know what we're talking about when we say magic in the chair. And what that is, is that intimate relationship that you have with your client. And there really is no other industry in the world that I can think of, even medical care at this time, where you have an intimate relationship with your service provider. No. And I think now more than ever, people are realizing, okay, hair, yeah, it's a female's appearance. Appearance is important. We're in America. Everybody looks at your face and hair first. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I think now we're really getting down to the nitty gritty of that self-care piece of what we do for our communities, that feeling of cups, feeling of confidence, feeling of security, a listening ear, a compassionate heart, a graceful hand. Um, these are all things that I think society and humanity needs right now. And that's what we do. And getting to this piece of it, Stephanie, when they come in with that final thing, just as we talked about that moment when they are at their lowest and they now about to go through chemo, I need you to shave my hair. And then you go through that. And that's an intimate experience. And then chemo's over. And now we can look at growing the hair back. So tell me what kind of things have you experienced personally, Stephanie, as a cancer survivor and a hairstylist, anybody who gets that cancer uh, diagnosis, it's very frightening. But then as a hairstylist to receive that, it kind of has a double whammy, doesn't it? It's a little extra gut punch right in that liver. Wouldn't you say? It is because you've been there for so many of your clients. And then most of the hairstylists don't have their own personal hairstylist. It's just whoever's free at the salon to do their hair or we're putting in foils ourselves. Right. So you almost feel like, oh, well, who's going to help me now? Who's going to give me the opinions that my hair looks okay? Because when you're a cancer patient, that's what you are. You're not a stylist. You're a cancer patient first. Then it kind of kicks in and your hairdresser personality takes over. And I never have been a vain person. I go to work and I have blue jeans and tennis shoes on, but you don't realize the vanity until you're faced with losing your hair. And that was where I was. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have a choice. I had a small daughter who was eight years old. And so I let her go through that journey with me. And she was the one that shaved my head. And so that was seven years ago. And she remembers it to this day. I'm sure that left uh, an impactful moment on her to be able to be for you there as your advocate at that moment. And then the strength that the two of you shared at that moment, probably really ingrained your bond as mother and daughter even deeper than you had already had. You know, shaving my head wasn't something that was, it wasn't a traumatic thing for her mm. because it was fun. She was eight years old. She got to shave mom's head, you know? <laughs> so we made it fun. And I just knew that I couldn't be in this depressive hole, that I had to stay positive. And that positivity got me through terrible moments. But um, when I lost my hair, I wore a lot of little soft caps after she shaved it and stuff. And then I didn't know the wiggery was around. 
when I went through and I went down to Indy and I bought five or eight different wigs and they were all different colors and styles. And I just decided I'm going to rock those. I've had terrible hair my whole life. It's time for me to shine. I love the turn of attitude, Stephanie, where you just embraced it and said, you know what? If I'm not going to have my own hair, then I'm going to have everybody else's hair that I ever wanted to have. What that would mean for me is I would be running around in a Tina Turner wig all the time. Me, I'd have Dolly, Loretta, Tina, you know what I mean? And I'd be like, who do I want to be today? Joan Jett? Yeah, I'll get that wig out. So I love your attitude with that, Stephanie. And sharing that can maybe help others during their journey. It doesn't have to be the end of the world. It doesn't have to be what we have been programmed to believe it is for a woman to lose her hair. Let's use this as an opportunity to to rediscover maybe who we are. And let's have some fun with where we felt we couldn't before. And now we're free. We don't have our hair. I love that. Thank you for sharing that, Stephanie. Thank you for sharing that intimate story, because I think that's going to help some people who listen. Now, one last topic I want to touch base on, and that's polycystic ovarian syndrome. And, you know, as stylists, I'm very familiar with it as how it affects the hair and skin. And I know if you are a person that has, or a female that has polycystic ovarian syndrome or PCOS, you also know how it affects your skin and hair. But if you don't mind sharing a little bit of that journey and maybe some steps you did to try to combat some of the hair loss you you experienced. So I was diagnosed when I was 18 years old. My hair had gotten progressively thinner, but only on the top area. I had plenty around the sides and the back, but it just got really, really thin on top. And so polycystic ovary syndrome, that's one of the first things that is noticeable is the hair loss and the hair loss in a specific area. Mm-hmm. And I've actually told some of my clients, you might go to the gynecologist and get this checked out, ask them about this because uh-huh. of how your hair loss is. And we see it so often and there's nothing you can do about it. I have tried different things. I call a lot of them snake oils. Google just Google is terrible. People tell you to put onion water or rice water or drink vinegar or they do injections. And in 32 years, I've not seen one single thing work with the polycystic ovary syndrome. Isn't it surrounding your hormones, Stephanie? Because I don't know much about the whys behind PCOS, but does it have something to do with a hormonal imbalance or situation? Yeah. I even thought after having my hysterectomy, for the cancer, I even thought having all of the insides removed that that may offset the syndrome because it's such a hormone based disease. And no, it didn't. I was hoping, but it didn't. So even the removal of reproductive organs that generally are where the source of the hormonal structure of a female is, it didn't affect it at all. You still had PCOS affecting. Now, see, I would never have expected that. I would have as a layman just thought, yeah, you take it out, the problem solved. But not yeah. so. as a hairstylist, you, you hit the nail right on the head. We usually notice health issues on the outside of our guests before anybody else, because people don't realize how much their hair and their skin are really the first indicators of something going wrong inside. Because yeah. your skin's the largest organ you have. It's the largest organ of elimination you have. And you have hair all over your body. And when you start experience that rapid 
sudden hair loss, usually that's telling you something's going on inside. And I would have thought that there would have been something you could take to balance out PCOS, but is it considered an autoimmune disorder? You know, I don't know for sure. I guess I maybe didn't ask the doctor the right questions, but at 18, you don't really know. That's it's got me thinking that way because, you know, with fibromyalgia and MS, there is no yeah. cure or there is right. no medicine to take. It's just kind of you got to do what you can to balance it out. And I'm guessing that PCOS now falls in that category. I hadn't realized that. All of this said, we see there's so many reasons females in particular are losing their hair. And we know this too, Stephanie, as professionals, it's always been really something that a man has suffered with. We've never really worried about hair loss. I've never been concerned about hair loss until really the last five to 10 years when I started noticing it in my own hair and in my guest's hair. And as a Gen Xer nearing the age of 50 in a few months, I realize now 35 is the peak density of a female's hair, Stephanie. And 35 is when we start seeing that hormone fluctuation happen. Maybe we've had all our babies. And now at almost 50, the stress I can see takes a toll very quickly. And to your point, Stephanie, you know, you mentioned the PCOS affecting the top the frontal, the crown, above the parietal ridge on females' hair. That is actually the most sensitive hair follicles a human has on their head. And that's why you see that genetic pattern in men right above that parietal ridge, because that is the most sensitive hair follicles we have. And they're very vulnerable to any kind of hormonal fluctuations, environmental issues, genetics, stress, etc. And I think most consumers don't know this. In closing, When you're having a guest go through this, what do you recommend as a hairstylist? What do you tell them? You've got the wiggery, but maybe they're not ready for a wig. What kind of things do you recommend for them? I got a little bit, um, and I think Bosley is the brand that I used. Um, It's a hair powder. They have little fibers. Oh, yes. Yes. And so I went on the rare occasions I do wear my own hair. I use the fibers and I tap those on my scalp after my hair's done. And it lessens the color of your scalp closer to your color of your hair. And it gives the appearance of having a full head of hair on top. You don't see the thin scalp. You don't see everything else. And it's about the first line of defense that I had for myself. And it's a great line of defense because it gives you that immediate, I can go out in the world and be okay for right now until I can get something else going on on the other side. I've tried different brands and Bosley is my favorite. And I'm not just saying that because it's a podcast for them. I like how they feel. I like how they last. And I'll tell you why you probably like them the best because they are made from a keratin protein-based material. And what that is, that keratin is what your hair is made of. And then it's electrostatically charged to attach to the hair and not the scalp. So you don't get that coated look. It looks like a very natural look and it sets very easily and it's not made of wool. So it won't scratch your or abrade your scalp. So that's why you like them. They're my favorite too. And you know, as a hairstylist, I use them for weddings and photography sessions and proms and updos because everybody has a little thinning on their hairline. It's like where the brush and the forest meet. I love that recommendation. 
I recommend those as well, too, because like you said, that gives you immediate gratification. Something else I like to recommend is uh, supplements. That internal support is critical, especially for us as Gen Xers, Stephanie, that internal support with added vitamins and nutrients and biotin and all the good stuff that is going to help the function of our hair follicle. And that's really where it's at for Gen Xers right now, 40 plus is why we're starting to see a slowdown in hair growth is because of the aging process. And so you think about what's going on in the aging process. Well, not only hormones, but we're not able to absorb iron as females like we used to when we were younger and vitamin D. So that's huge for hair growth in women. And I know you know that because when we take the prenatals, our hair goes crazy. And the supplements are are my go-to number two after those cosmetic fibers, because those are really good. That's kind of our charge right now, Stephanie. How can we educate our guests in the right manner? Because as you said, everybody jumps on Google, don't they? Oh, they do. And it's funny because we have people come into the wiggery who have got on Google and got on Amazon and bought them a hairpiece or bought them a, a wig. And I just have to chuckle internally and be like, oh, honey. They don't even know what size they need need it to fit. You want it to be comfortable and there's different sizes and shapes and colors and the way the hair's sewn. How much is sewn? Do you need a cap? How do you take care of this wig? How do you take care of your scalp when you wear a wig? And these are all things that you're not going to learn on Google, only a professional and more specifically, a professional that is trained in wig care and wig placement and wig all of the ish. And that's you, Stephanie. So in my community, when I have a guest that needs a wig, I always send them to the wiggery. You need a cut, you need whatever, go to the wiggery, get the information from them first, because you're the go-to. And I think people don't realize that. You know, they'll go to Google and it's like, go to your hairstylist first. We're the professional, we're the hair doctor, right? Yep. Hey, Stephanie, thank you so much for your time today on this Saturday. I know it might not be Saturday when this launches, but it's Saturday today, and I appreciate your time on the weekend. And I appreciate your uh, transparency and willingness to share your story and some of the stories you've encountered as a professional. And I'm going to send you some Bosley. You can use it for yourself, or if you want to give it to one of your guests in the wiggery you think might work. But I'm going to circle back here in a few weeks, Stephanie, with all of my podcast guests. And we're going to talk about kind of what have they noticed after they started using the Bosley kind of circle back. So I'd love to have you on that one too, Stephanie. Once again, thank you. Appreciate your time. And I appreciate your uh, professional service all these years. It was my pleasure. Thank you. Yes. And thank you to all of our listeners out there for joining us again. We hope you were able to glean some new information about hair, hair loss, and how to keep it and how to regrow it. But most of all, we always thank our sponsors, Bosley MD, for their 360-degree approach and solutions for hair loss and being the number one provider for hair loss solutions. Thank you all. And until next time, take care. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope you'll join us for our next podcast. And be sure to check out all of our past podcasts. For more information about Bosley MD, you'll find us online at bosleymd.com. That's B-O-S-L-E-Y-M-D.com. And of course, all social media. Feel free to send your questions and comments to info at bosleymd.com. Till next time, 
Thanks for listening. 